0: Hello and welcome, everybody gather around, kind of get settled in as we get things started here. I am your host, my name is Chris Wright, and my guest today is Elias Kadadu, Um, literally one of my best friends ever. I feel like I've known him my whole freaking life, I've only known him for like a year um, he comes over and we just have a jam session, like any other time that we have a conversation. It just goes back and forth. We help each other grow. We talk about things we're overcoming. Um, you know, the the voice in that head that kind of restricts you from doing what you want to do. We we go over our relationship with that voice and how we struggle with it on a daily. I go over some things about my childhood um, and how being a parent and adult now. In retrospect to my childhood and my relationship with my dad, kind of all that's come in full circle. It's that karma that I'm trying to figure out. So as I'm making this stuff up as I go, he's along with me to have a conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Give it up for Elias.
1: So welcome on, man. I missed you. Yeah hey, I missed you too, man. It feels nice to be up here in Jupiter, I'll tell you what. It's a nice little neighborhood, right? It's really nice. So you for a nice little stroll today. Yeah, we did and uh I had a mental orgasm <laughs> looking at all that nature.
0: <laughs> Donnie, we got we got lakes, we got we got ponds, we have we have canals, rivers. We got it all up here, man. The
1: wild thing is that as I keep growing, I really love nature, man. Like it really crowns me to be outside and That's just right. to just see everything. It's so cool. I get literally like so much excitement inside of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to show it outwardly. Like, I just have so much excitement inside of me.
0: Yeah. You recently went on a retreat. And you never told me, I didn't know you were a retreat guy. You left for, I just saw it on Facebook, and it was you out in, like, nature. That was the time you got stuck in the, ca- in the mud, right? It was a totally different time. You no. just escaped outside some, like, retreat. I didn't know you came back. You never
1: told me about it. Dude, that's wild they said that, because on my way up here, I was thinking about it. I was like, dude, you went on a trip for seven days mm-hmm. on an island off of Michigan, South Fox Island, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I really got to experience how life would be, you know, not living the easy life that I do mm-hmm. live here, as far as washing my own clothes, well, most importantly, eating, you know? Would you kill shit? Uh, I didn't kill anything, but uh, we brought our own food. Okay. Um, but in order to eat the food first, we had to make a fire. So that was working. you to do all that. Yeah, making a fire.
0: What kind of ways did you do it? Did you? I'll be
1: honest with you. We just brought a lighter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I wasn't it wasn't real Stone Age in that.
1: Night. <laughs> 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 okay, so I can't like... lie there. We the All right, so the fire. Fire. All right But fire. you know, it was it was an act of starting the fire first yeah. because. You can't just start cooking right away. you got to get it really heated. And then they had this grill-type thing to put on the fire, and then you start cooking. So right when you wake up in the morning, a couple hours after or whatever, you start getting hungry, but you can't eat right after. You have to wait a couple hours to eat, because after mm-hmm. the fire is all set and done, and we prepared and all that crap, but um, not really crap, but anyways, yeah. So it was, it was a nice experience, man. It really got me to appreciate life here and not to live so entitled as I do live here because I am pretty
0: entitled to my living like we're all entitled yeah so that's something too I'm sure humbling because like you have to wait for other people too so it's just yeah. like I'm not going to eat now microwave my hot pocket and then head out the door it's just like when I mean, you get your team together your drive and everybody's kind of gathering around you kind of cook up your what were you cooking that? eggs out there yeah eggs we had also two,
1: um jerky um, did you smoke it inside or did you bring it yeah. we, we brought the up. jerky but then we made this awesome, like, jerky Chinese platter type of thing. We had some honey. I got real creative. And we had some honey and mustard or whatever. The other campers that come to the lighthouse, because it's a lighthouse, um, had left their stuff there. So anyways, we made a pretty, some, we made some pretty bomb food to be on an island. But, um, yeah, um, if there's one thing that I do see is that as I do grow older, I wish I didn't want to be older huh uh, like growing up mm-hmm. i always wanted to rush like man i can't wait till i'm 16 that I can drive and at mm-hmm. 18 i can to buy tobacco
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 21 I get to drink mm-hmm. after that it's just like man where are the you know the the, the the life marks after that so now i'm 25 i'm like man why did i rush up to like why did i rush my life why did i always want to get into the next thing so as now being 25, it's like, dude, I'm just coasting. Like, maybe a few months ago, I was really adamant about like wanting to like find a wife and get married and stuff like this. And then I'm like, dude, I'm 25.
0: Mm.
1: Like, go travel the world. Right? Just enjoy your life as is. Stop rushing to the next thing. Just enjoy being the present. Just mm. enjoy it. So nature allows me to get into just enjoying the present being in the now. I'm really discovering who I am. Mm. Um and what I want to do rather than what society or what my family wants me to do or what is expected of me to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: and digging down to what I want to do. I mean, would I want to get married? Sure. I had a timetable on myself to get married like when I was like 15, 14, I like, I'm gonna get married when I'm 27. And then I'm gonna have kids when I'm this age, and blah, blah, blah. And now that I'm 25, I'm like, I don't want that pressure. Like, life is awesome. Like, why to have that pressure, those societal pressures, if that's a word, societal, whatever, mm-hmm. to have those pressures to go to the next thing? Because then I'll just be living my life all the way to the next thing. So, like you said, as I'm unraveling, yeah, I, I deleted social media for 10 months. I just, it was an instant overnight decision. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to delete it. And it was great. It was really great because I got to know more of myself. Uh, What I found was that I was getting caught up. I was getting my self-worth caught up in the likes and values, the likes and comments of other people on social media. And I find myself getting really jealous. And, you know, seeing my friends getting all these likes and comments and stuff and me wanting to be the center of attention because that's – I function on the high eye, and I like to be at the center of attention well if I'm not the center of attention I saw the love jealousy growing up inside of me I'm like dude I can't I can't handle this anymore and I like that dopamine kick you get a like you get a comment mm-hmm. who's, who's who's looking after you man who's who's checking me out on the, the cool sometimes it yeah. matters sometimes to people man yeah so <clears throat> I got off of that now I'm back on social media yep. I don't really
0: care but you use it for a different way though it has a, I think what, what you have a good way of doing is you can just cut things off. Things that you have, since kind of have a vice of you, like the vice on you, you can just cut them out quickly. Like, like you just said, overnight you made a decision. And that's the hard thing. That was a hard thing for me. I was telling you, you brought up guidelines before, and I was telling you, recently that has been something that I've been trying to attack, inspired by a lot of the things that you've been doing, these little quests that you've been on. I've realized that there's a way to stop things that are going on in your life that you really can't control stupid things like biting fingernails and other kind of stupid little habits that, like, they're, like, the hardest, stupidest, like, you're looking at people with addictions to, like, cigarettes and um, drugs and all this other kind of stuff, and you're like, why can't you just stop? Like, I don't understand. Just stop what you're doing. But then, like, somebody can look at little habits that I have and just say, why can't you stop? It's something that does. It controls me. I can't, it's like, I feel like, I can't get a grip on it at times yes but there's always something that triggers it recently my thing has been trying to piece out like being 33 now my I'm in like this under construction mode after we went through landmark after I went through all you know things I went through I'm kind of now kind of building myself the way I want to, you know yeah. how I want to build my life I want to make and create myself realizing that I want to be I want to become like a better communicator and learn how to listen so what do you do you then you put yourself in a position where that is the only that that is something that's now a drive you to pull so i create a podcast granted i haven't done one in a while but i've done a few it's going to keep on going i want to spark it right back up after my little hiatus but you know i'm currently in the chapter now of of like fitness running it's become my thing we connected recently i told you that we were that i was like running every day and i got into Goggin's way of life and his story, and it was just inspiring that you really can callous your mind to be hard, and you can, and, and for me, I see the best way that I can do that is running, because as soon as you run, it's like calling that voice out, because every, when, every second you you slip on your, your shoes, it feels motivating and all that. You get on the pavement, you start running, it feels good for like. 30 seconds and then immediately you're like why are we doing this like let's go back inside you know the voice is on right now let's go let's go watch the rerun so but if you just pass that voice and you go to like the next telephone bolt when it just told you you want to stop then it's it's weekend you know and you start realizing I don't need to listen to you you just realize that that voice just controls you but it's like it's really just this thing that wants us to stop and not feel any pain and but essentially it's sabotaging it's sabotaging everything we did I mean actually,
1: quite honestly, since you've been on this journey of fitness, doing your five Ks and your running, I don't know everything that you're doing, but <clears throat> you've really been an inspiration to me. I mean, I'm I yeah. I'm, I'm, loving, yeah, dude, yeah. I'm loving it, yeah, dude. I'm loving it. That's awesome. I'm loving the fact that you're you know, on doing all this fitness and stuff, like when we're when you were running and I was trailing behind you on a no. bike. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, he's he's really doing it. Like, you're really sticking to it, consistent. And uh, it's inspiring to me because I want to get into running. I want to get into fitness and stuff. Being that I was always a skinny kid, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not fat, so I don't need to run. You know, I don't need to really work out. But after hearing David Goggins and yourself, running is not more for the fitness, but it's more for the mental. It's all mental, dude. It's all mental, man. And now that I'm realizing that, it's like, maybe I should get on the train with this and you know mental but I don't want to do it like a spree of the moment
0: but more of a I'm committed to it kind of thing well first what what I got is it was pretty cool it's like I created like I started finding like a like to it I started finding now like I started running because essentially yes you'd have that voice that would go in the kitchen like 10 o'clock at night open up that cabinet see some salt and vinegar chips that I just bought and just like eat a couple, and say it's cool. Just eat a couple, and no big deal. If you do it all the time, you know it's ten o'clock. Maybe you'll stay up for like, two hours. Whatever it is, I, I, I would start having that little like negotiation. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. All right, and then I just start eating chips. Done. Or you know, or, or fill in the blank. The thing that the voice tells you to do that's that sabotaging you, like against you, what you know is right. Like essentially, but I'm also saying at the, the other side of the other side of my head, I'm saying, why would you eat chips at ten o'clock? Why would you do that? Like, you're not that hungry. Like, you you could go to sleep right now and be fine. Um, but I don't listen to that. I find every way to block that out. But when I started running, um, I started realizing that by surpassing that voice every single time, waiting for that voice to tell me to stop, going past it no matter what, because you can, even if it says just stop here, you can take one more step. And then already you're just like already weakening that voice because you told me to stop. I can still keep going. You know, why am I listening to you? And you keep. And you realize, like, today, we were just going to go for a mile run today. That's all I said. I just need to get a mile in real quick. Then I'll do, like, 250 push-ups. And then we ended up running three miles. Literally, I wanted to stop right over by where we saw those kids and they thought it was a monster. That I wanted to, like, literally around that time, once I got back onto the street there, I was just like, I want to I I walk. But then, again, I'm thinking, like, that's, a, that's, your, wow. that's your first voice that you know that you want to stop. So don't listen to that one because every single time it's wrong. So, you don't gotta And then you keep on pushing through and you realizing, oh, I'm gonna keep, keep going. Once you like, it's like, all right, your brain just says, all right, we're doing this. And then we keep on going. And once I started seeing that, like, okay, now that started changing other things. Like, it almost started becoming like, now I'm listening to that other voice that says, no, keep going. So, it was a great example. I went to go back in that bag of chips, like 10 o'clock. And it's almost like I had a personal trigger in my head saying, what are you, don't close the cabin. I literally, like, uh, slid the cabin. And I was like, all right, I'm done. And then I walked away. But it's just like, at that moment, I'm like, I'm starting now to listen to a different voice. And so when I started seeing the fundamentals of it, I'm like, I really want this. So I want to strengthen this because I realized that there's some benefits with it. So I just made sure that I, you know, I signed up for like some kind of 5K. So as soon as I find time for a 5K, boom, now I got to start working on that. I got to make a mile look like no big deal. Run every day. You know, or what else do I need? Okay, well, if I'm going to run every day, that means I need to be comfortable. So let's buy a new pair of shoes. And normally I would never spend, you know, $100 on a pair of shoes, but it became very important to me because I bought a pair of shoes that now taught me how to walk better and run better based on me landing my foot on a certain part, not like the heel. It's not good. Like Nike started screwing that up, I think, and we run with our heels. We shouldn't. Like when you're running barefoot, you're only running on like the, you know, the platform right here of your foot. So it stretches out, springboards, right? That's how you're supposed to run a certain way like that. So... Why doing that? But then I started buying new shoes because I know if I'm going to be running and I want to keep running because I see it's like this constant battle that you got to defeat yourself every time, kind of making you know callousing your mind off that voice. And um, then not to mention what the physical benefits of it are, but it's really yes, it's a mental game for me. So I wanted to make sure that I can I can look at these demons because I started hearing them and really using those demons when when I feel the urge to stop. I go back to those demons and, I, and then I can bring those demons back up that I'm trying to go against and, and really that's another fire for me too so um, but it came important to me so I did a 5k and then I'm like alright this is really good I want to push myself even further knowing that I did all that stuff I bought a watch that did you know that now measures my you know measures my uh, you know, all the calories I compete with people now and when I compete with people we put money on it and you know it's just like I changed everything now and everything switched now I'm on a competitive mindset that never used to be or I'm on in a good way, like I want to I want to compete myself, I want to push myself as much as I can. Because I know that I can. I like that. You know, because deep down, it's just like, I started, yeah, you know, I, I, and then once I see that, I can only imagine what kind of fundamentals going to set me up for, you know, in my next journey, what are the next thing I want to end up doing. By seeing that, like all those other times that I wanted to stop and I kept going and I can still do it. That's the same thing in a mental game. If I want to start a business or I want to do something with this podcast or I want to do something else. Just like I know I can do whatever some like that mindset tells you to stop. It's a bullshit voice that I know is just the first barrier you got to get over. Once you get over that, you're going to get another one, but it's just going to keep on breaking through one after the other. Mm. And you have one point, so you have to be stronger than a voice in your head. So, you know, that's great great that you said,
1: dude, thanks for sharing that. Because when you talk about negotiating with the voice, with the bag of chips, I instantly thought of me negotiating with that voice to eat a dove ice cream those little dove bars <clears throat> i remember it was 10 o'clock at night and i should have been in bed i should have gotten ready for bed brush my teeth all that jazz i'm like nah, ice cream sounds good and then the other voice was like dude come on it's 10 o'clock you're gonna eat ice cream you're gonna be up another two hours then you're gonna be late for work tomorrow like it's really the responsible thing to do and the other one's like dude shut up he wants ice cream leave him alone you know, <laughs> come on, skip the ice cream. It'll be good. You'll be able to go to bed in time. Everything will be good. You'll be able to wake up. Not you know. Don't even listen to other voices. So I took the ice cream. Sure enough, took the ice cream. Didn't go back. Didn't go to bed for a couple hours. And I woke up the next morning not late, but super not in the mood to tackle the day. So when you say, when you talk about negotiating with that voice, that's exactly what I did. I negotiated with the voice to eat the ice cream. And that justified why I should have ate the ice cream. I haven't had one in a week, you know, and when am I going to have another one? It's right now 10 o'clock and I feel like having one. I'll be, it was, it was wild. So that's funny
0: you said that. What's funny is the morning is the morning after, I know the talk that you're having that sit down with the voice every time you stop in, like, I told you so, and you're like, I know, I should have done it, god damn it. Like, you're like, all right, next time, I promise, I won't take that. I should have done it the first place. Like, you're having like a little sit down on the way to work. You and that voice are talking again. He's sitting you down. It's like, I knew this was going to happen. I told you not to. You are late. Now you're late again. Now you start, you start arguing with yourself. And you start beating yourself down. You lose your worth because it's just like you're not listening to your parents. And your parents are telling you like to do something, and because they didn't, they did what happened that they said would happen if you didn't do it. Exactly. And then you're just like, okay, I should have just listened to you. It's like being the parent in your mind, realizing that that first voice is like a father or a mother really guiding you the right way and saying it's really not what you want to do. And the more you listen to that voice, it's like anything else. The more you listen to your parents. And you realize your parents are right, and then it works. And then you realize the intent behind what they had, what they did to it, and what what that lesson learned in lieu of listening to them, what it did for you. Versus like, you know, the, versus like the opposite, where you're listening to the the negative guy, the one that's uh, telling you that it's going to be fun if you did this. So once you start listening to your parents and realizing it's all working, that was great. You start to respect your parents' word more, so it's louder when they talk to you. And then you look at them as if you admire them. They're role models for you because you're guiding you in the right way. They have all the great Yeah, it sucks. What they're telling you to do its work. It's what you don't want to do. That's that's what that voice is, basically what you don't want to do. Because that other voice becomes stronger. So that bad voice that you listen to, you hold it. I mean, I know. I'm so guilty listening to that voice. It's like my friend. It's almost like you trust that voice. I talked to Kyler. And I'm like, you have two boys. I tell him the same conversation. I go, you like that bad voice. He's like, yeah, I do. He tells me he likes to listen to that bad voice. He's so much on the other spectrum. I'm like, oh, my God. And it's just like I'm in this whole I'm like, oh my I see how far away. Because I see how, how it gets me from going teeter totter, And I can be self-aware to see like, okay. Like it takes a lot to do that little journey, to start listening to the other voice and have that strength to like don't do what you want to do, the impulses. And I, yeah. I fuck up all the time. But it's just like it's a constant battle to keep on like, you know, going on the right side of things. And seeing how much it takes, I look at him and I'm like, geez, I get scared. I get I, I honestly I'm really I get worried sometimes. And then I put it all but the thing is it's like I look at that and another opportunity like, what are we gonna do here to change this because I know where he's going. It's almost like the other day, I saw someone I was talking to Katie. And I saw something, in something I said, oh, here it is. Oh, this one's good. So, Kyler got real in trouble, right? And he got real in trouble because he said some things in school. And he said some things with bad things, too. Like, things like, like you say on the playground, maybe you're homies. You don't say this shit. Like, in school, in front of people hmm. and stuff, uh, he called some girl a lesbian. Really? Yeah, I didn't know what it was, right? And he it it said something else, but he didn't know what it was. It was like somebody else was saying it too. He's "What is that?" He's so we didn't know. So I'm cool with that. No big deal with that. But he said something else that, whatever is bad. And we sat him down. I'm like, "Dude, are you serious, man? You did?" This? And he's just like, "And we started." Oh, and he was also lying about his homework, right? He was constantly lying about stuff that was going on. So we, me, me and his mom, kind of really bubbled down on him, and. Uh, you know, we kind of, it's like, enough's enough, man. You're blatantly lying to us. So there's got to be something we got to do here. Right? And we got to put our foot down. So, you know, we stopped being friends, you know, at that moment. And it was, you know, his father's son. We were having a talk, and he got in trouble. And we, like, took, like...
1: Talk How do you play. like that? How no, do you he, take
0: that? No, he didn't like it until there was something, because he's being real close with his friends lately, right? He's been, like, FaceTiming his friends. They're talking about zombie movies. They're going to make a zombie movie together. And this real big thing was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago. But um, it was the most important thing because it started becoming, he comes home one day and he's on FaceTime. I'm like, all right, so FaceTime's a thing now? You're hanging out talking to girls on FaceTime? Like, what is this? Like, this it, was, it was the first time he's coming home and I'm seeing this stuff, so it's like, I called up his mom. I'm like, is this real? This is this normal? Like, what's going on over there? She's like, yeah, they just, they've been talking every day and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. I'm trying to get into it, you know? But eh, And like, how old is your son now? Nine. Nine. Fourth grade, right? I mean, Which I'm sure, like, I was on the phone too. But it's different for me. Like, things got, things got for me. I, I guess something in me kind of almost got like a, a deep down part was just like, are oh, he's getting friends. So, like, am I getting less important? Part of it, I think, was that. So I started, like, feeling some kind of way. And um, whatever, we, we buckled down on him, right? And I, I ended up, um, um, I think we, we, yeah, we put his mom on the phone and I said he lied to me. And then we, we basically we took away the one thing that he really wanted. We took away his you're not right, you're not making that movie with your with your friends. Like mean, the movie that you're supposed to do next your weekend you're not doing it. I mean, you're lying to us and all this kind of stuff and blah 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 you're not doing your homework, yada. Yeah. And he was devastated. Some other stuff that we take away, but that was one that really hurt him. Because he told me, he's like, I talk to these people because they think I'm cool. And you know, it's like the first time that he feels cool. You know, he uses his, like, diabetes as a disability. He uses that as, like, a story. And uh, he gets he gets really hard on himself. self esteems really well. So, um, whatever, he gets real mad. Wow, that's pretty tough for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Okay. And what, what he ended up starting to do when he was in his room, and he was talking to himself. And I wanted to stay around and listen, because I know this is the deep stuff. This is the dark stuff that's in his head. Right now, as he's screaming, he's yelling out all the things. He's just like, they treat my stuff like garbage, so I'm going to treat them like garbage. Um, oh, my mom, I mean the girl, and my dad, the boy, like basically he didn't want to call us their names and stuff. He was saying some things, and he's just like, and you don't even like me. You hate me, blah, blah, blah. He started to say all these things. And I'm like, in my, you, you can imagine, in me, since like everything that we've been through with our stories and children... And where, where you start to like develop all the stuff that's going to like, kind of like elevate your whole entire life and repeat. So I'm starting to watch this and I'm like, all right, so right, I'm sticking around. And then there was one thing that he said, he's just like, oh, and my dad said that my friends are garbage. Or dumb, or something like that, because in one of my, in one of the arguments, I'm like, yeah, you, you, you know, we're, we're fighting about stuff. I'm like, you don't appreciate anything. You, you're all you're doing is on the phone with, your, with your, your dumb phone with your dumb friends or whatever. Like I said, something like that in the, in my argument, and he stuck with him. So that's what he was yelling out. As soon as he said that, dude, it just hit me. Literally, like I almost like welled up because. I know there was something in my life. It's almost like I saw a flashback. That thing that he said to me almost gave me a flashback of my life in a sense of like, it's almost just like I, at that moment, it's just like I connected, like I lived that life of this work in the road that just happened. Like something that a branch that was just created. It's just like, I see that branch's future. And I guess it, it went back to my childhood when like I felt that like my dad wasn't really part of my friends. He didn't know really too many of my friends. I did my own life. I had my own social life outside of my own life my, my house life. I didn't bring friends over, I didn't have sleepovers, I slept over at my friends' houses. My dad was never really involved in that process. So I got growing up like it was my tribe versus him. My friends versus him. So, so I wouldn't It's almost as if like him versus you. Yeah. A hundred percent. So that – and I, I and I made that be a reason I separated from him. I never wanted to be close to him. I always thought he was horrible. I never really got connected with him. I always made up all this bullshit about he didn't love me, all this kind of stuff. All from, like, I know portions of that, right? So it hit me so deep, and I'm like, all right, I got to do something here because I'm scared that if he thinks that I don't like his friends, I know what that's like. And you're going to now – Put it to the point where your friends are so important. At some point in your life, you're gonna get rid of your, you're gonna get rid of your parents, right? And you're gonna go right to your friends. There's a point in your, you know, your age when it's just like your mom and dad aren't cool anymore. There's also an age where your mom and dad don't want to be the only thing that entertains you. You know, so there's got to be a, a mix here. So we're. But well, he's stage, right? also getting
1: to the stage because you said he's nine, right? Mm-hmm. So he's getting to that almost teen stage. I know in the teen stage, it's like, okay, stop being a parent. Preteen. Yeah, creatine. Stop being a parent to me. I know what I'm doing, but leave me alone. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I want to be the boss. Yeah. Um, I think even if you just would sit down with them and have an authentic conversation with them, just, you know, w- what you would go through, like, through your childhood, because you said it hit you hard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And he probably doesn't know that you overheard him talking out loud, mm-hmm.
0: so. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really no. to bring it up. Because I didn't want, because... I didn't want to bring it up until I figured out what I was going to do with it. To me, I thought about it for a while. Um, I talked it out at a conversation, and it brought up it brought up in me that um, it was said to me, to like, who did I need my dad to be for me at that age, in that situation? If I was me, what would I, what I, would, what would I need from my dad? Being a dad and understanding a child— how would I need to be? So I reverse engineered it to, to, to understand that the one thing that I didn't have is my dad meshing with my, with my tribe.
1: And I've realized, too,
0: that I was already going down that path. When it's me and Kyler, it's just he's in my house. It's just me and him. Katie's over with her dog and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't really have playdates. You know, I don't really hang out with friends that have kids. Not a lot of my friends have kids. You know, I don't have that. Mary's, Mary's situation has that. Like, Mary's household has that. They were all kids all over the place, friends, everything. He's all over, all over a bunch of kids. So, I'm starting like every time he's here, he's just me, right? So, I'm the only entertainment. So, um, so what I said is, okay, what I need to do is I need to mess this together. So, I started, I started finding an interest in his friend so he can see that I'm interested and I'm on his team, you know? So, I started like, I'm redoing his whole room. So he can have a cool room because what I want him to do is I told him that I want him to start, want to get to know his friends, but I want him to decorate his room every any way he wants it. You know, I'm putting a project together. He's got his bed. That's important Wednesday. for kids to decorate. hundred percent, it's all yours. That's their space. New bed, new everything. You design it and all that kind of stuff. Everything you want. I want you to have a cool room that you're happy to be in because this summer I want you to invite your friends over. Let's have some sleepovers and want you, you know, get make sure you get your friends' numbers. So that we can invite them out to go to the movies or go to the rapids or go do some things so that he sees that I'm a part of his world. And I want to be, too. Because ultimately, my goal is, obviously, I want a, I want a son-father uh, relationship that's built with trust and respect. At the end of the day, I envision a world where he comes in and he's having a problem. He's like, Dad, I need to talk to you. And, and, we, and that's a normal thing for us to do. We just sit down. And we talk and we chat and he can tell me what's going on in his life. And I can be as much of a part of his life, just stand outside but offer, you know, respectful, you know, guidance that he understands and together, you know, you know um, kind of experience what he's going through and together kind of like, you know, bond and, and, and build and grow in that sense.
1: Now, are you doing that because you didn't have that growing up with your father or are you doing that because you want to be there for him? Like, are you more wanting to have that happen so that way your son doesn't become how you ended up. Not to say that you ended up in a weird way because you're on the self-discovery path and you know, you're know you on this journey of evolution of yourself, but are you doing it more for yourself, your child self, or are you really doing it for him?
0: The some component of it is obviously myself because yeah you as a father it's always like you want to provide for your child more than you had and you you yeah. want to guide them in a sense that you know the things that you went through you don't want your child to go through but then you have to play that balance game of like you know the good intent bad idea thing like i don't want you to feel any pain It's good intent but it's a bad idea because when you know feeling pain is the thing that's going to help you grow you know, so it's like, you know, you're trying to balance and have a good dance between what you what's best for your child. He's his own person at the end of the day, just like I'm my own person in my family. It's just like I'm separate from my, my family's there. But I'm my own person creating my own family, building my own branch of my of my family tree. So although I'm part of the tree, I'm still part of my own, my own thing, my own world. I create everything, you know. Despite what's around me and what my influences were and all that, I created my own life. He's going to do the same thing. So I want realizing that what we've been through, self-expression is one of the best things ever, right? And it's changed my life knowing self-expression. I want him to be able to see and develop his own self-expression too without the bounds of me trying to smother him in it. So it's hard. I'm trying to figure, like, that's another chapter that's simultaneously, you know, my run thing's going on over here, my relationships going, but then this is another thing that's happening at the same time. It's like, well, how now? Because he's in a different phase. I'm in a phase where, you know, I don't want to hang out with him every single minute anymore. He's my best friend, for sure. I literally love spending spending time with him. When they say it's not, like, bullshit, when they say, like, oh, my friend, my kid's the best friend ever, I'd spend, with, I'd spend him all day with him. I really would. He's such a cool kid. Really cool to hang out with. And I want the best for him. Because also, too, I do see, as a father, I do see the path that he's going down from, like, you know, a bird's eye. Understanding kind of what, you know, his mental, his his self, his self-esteem. Self-esteem is shot. He thinks so horribly about himself. I gave him Sudoku last night. He looked at it, said, I suck at this. I can't do it. (laughs) He didn't even try it. And he just gives up. And I'm like, oh my god! Like I'm on right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to run, you know, <laughs> run a marathon so that I can get out of that space. And he's going deeper into it. Well, so I, we're on total. I don't know. I'm
1: in well, a weird space. I think the same way that you said to him in a heated argument that something about his dumb friends, and he held on to that. I think just over and over again, you just speak words of life and encouragement to him. You know and just speak to him who he is. Because, you know, he has these friends so he could feel accepted Mm. of himself. He's like, they make me feel like I'm cool. So he's obviously hanging out with those friends because it's benefiting himself. It's giving him that own recognition that I'm cool. Mm. And I could see that a little bit with myself in in that I like to always add humor to friendships because my way of acceptance is making people laugh. Mm-hmm. If I can get them to laugh, then I'm in. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I'm very, yeah, like, I, I get you on that. <laughs> so, and that's funny because I was thinking about that on my way up here, but if you just speak, like, I know I listen to a lot of, um, miles Monroe, he's a good one. And then I'll listen to somebody else, but, they would always say, my, when I was growing up, my parents always told me that I could do whatever I wanted, that nothing was impossible for me, and they just kept speaking those words to me, and I held on to it. Mm. So if you were to speak similar words like that, or just words of any way to build your son up in his own image, because he gets his image from his father. Mm. So when he sees his father speaking good words to him, building him up, he's going to hold on to him. He may not scream him out when he's mad in his own room talking to himself, but he's going to hold on to it. So if he can't see his own self-worth with himself, at least he knows that his father can see that in himself, and
0: that's going to help. I think it's about for me to plant seeds. It's kind of the way that that I see a lot, because it's hard for him to take in the frame in mind and and his... view of life he almost resists anything that i say like i'll literally say like uh whatever like, like don't put the, don't put that thing over there he'll literally just put it over there just he he will defy everything i say and i've tried and it actually freaking works he was playing he was playing guitar here the other day and uh he was sitting there, he was trying to go to the next level, right? Going from basic to regular. We're going to play, we'll play later. Nice. Actually, I got two. Yeah, okay. I saw that. I you saw Did yet. you play it yet? No, no, no. No? Not yet. Can you play? I Do you can remember. I played like a few years ago. Cool. We're going to play. Yeah. Tonight we're going to play. Right. Cool. We're gonna sleep We're having a sleepover. Six drinks, only vodka. Okay, that's true. <laughs> we're almost ready for a refill. Um, where was I? What the fuck were talking about? Um, we were talking about... Oh, he was playing Guitar Hero. Yeah. So he was playing Guitar Hero and he wanted to go to the next level. And I'm like, yeah, you should do it. And he's just like, he tried it for two seconds. I'm going to do it. He tried it for two seconds. Freaked out. Freaked out. Like threw the guitar. I'm done with this. I'm gonna try blah, 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 Just like threw a temper tantrum. I'm like, whoa. So what he wants me to do And i like, at this point, I was just in a state of mind where I was just like, you know what, I don't freaking care. This is stupid. You know, this is just what he's playing in. My dad one time just said, just like, you know, reverse psychology. So I'm like, all right, you know what, Dad? I'm going to give it a try. So in my head, I'm like, he started saying, I suck at this. I'm like, yeah, well, you obviously haven't tried it, so of course you're going to suck. And then he's just like, yeah, I don't even want to play this thing anymore. You probably shouldn't play it anymore. I mean, you just you just got booed off stage, so I can get why you don't want to play anymore. It's cool. And then it's just like, it's, I'm never going to play ever again. I'm like, that's cool, man. I'm still going to keep it, though. It's for me and all that kind of stuff. It was like, I was just like not giving a shit about it. And he's just like, whatever. And he just left. And then uh, I'm just still doing my thing, whatever. And then I see him coming back. I see him coming downstairs. It's like like a nature documentary. Like, you're watching, like, you're watching, like something Like, Oh, watch this, watch this. I'm trying to get on camera. I'm just, like, playing it cool. Like, I'm just watching him kind of, like, get a little bit closer to it. I'm just cavalierly, like, doing whatever I'm doing, cooking or whatever. And then uh, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, man. Give it a try. And then uh, he starts playing it. Yeah, like, halfway through, he kind of, like, had another temperature and kind of gave it up. But... I saw how powerful it was that how much he wants to resist what I say, and reverse psychology is a real thing, and it's a real tactic and strategy that works on my son. I told Mary about it, obviously, so she can have, she can have a nug as well, but it, it, it really is he, and that's what's hard for me to say. He wants me to say, "Hey, man, you can do anything you want. Yeah right, no, I can't. That's when you've seen you like stuff because he, he wants to fight it. Mm. I can see that a lot with me and my pops. They do the same thing. Yeah. My, my pops and I, we play this game
1: called Shish Bish. And um, it's basically with dice and checkers. And I always go for the first move. Like, I don't think my strategy in the game. And so I go for the first move. And he's like, what are you doing? You could have got me over here. I could have I caught him in his home base, basically. Okay. And he's like, you see, you always go for the first move. You don't think it through. This is what happens to you in your life. And I got really upset, like, inside. And I'm like, whatever, we'll just keep playing, you know? And as we kept playing, I'm like, he's so right. Like, this is what I do all the time. I don't think it through. I just go, I just jump on impulse. So as we play now, when he gives me advice on playing the game, because he'll tell me, you should get me right here, you know, so I'm like, no, because then you'll win. Like, I want it to be a fair game. I don't want you to, like, tell me what I should do. What are you, playing with yourself right now? Let me play the game, you know? Um, so now when I'm playing the game, I take more of his advice instead of saying, like, whatever, let me just do it, because I think he's just trying to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. But i got to remember that he's just teaching me the game, and it's something small that's teaching me the game, but it goes a lot further than that it goes into life as well. Mm. So rather than resisting his voice and trying to improve my skills in the game, I accept that I'm like, Yeah, you're right, you know? Rather than resist, no, let me just play how I want to play. So in your son, you and your son's relationship, it's so funny, as you're talking, I see the same thing with me and my pops and what he because when he says something, you no, know, he's just trying to tell me what to do. No. He's just really just trying to be a father. Mm. You know, and for some reason I want to resist it, but now I see myself more accepting it rather than resisting it. It's
0: cool, but kids don't give a fuck. No, they don't.
1: I don't care, man. (laughs) No, they don't understand. I I don't think they understand now. They'll understand later.
0: Yeah. Just like you've understood later. I know it's one of those. It's like, I tell them too. I go, I'm going to plant this in your head right now. You're not going to understand it now. But one day when you're about 27, you're going to be like, oh, that's what you're talking about. And know you're not going to understand it now. You don't get it. But you got to understand what I've, I've been through that. You know, don't think that I haven't been nine. I think I haven't been ten. And, I, and it's just like when I say that stuff, I'm like, this is shit. My dad used just sad. So <laughs> like, yeah, every single time, and I, call, I become my father. It's like my, my whole time, like, you always want to try to be, you know, your own person. And like, you, you realize you're like nothing like your father. And then as soon as I have my child, and there's some times that I say, well, let me turn this car right around. I say, the same, I say weird things that my father said to me.
1: Um, speaking of father and son stuff, my, my dad grew up and his dad never really talked to him or played with him or anything like that, like ever. And he would remind me all the time, like my dad would never sit down and talk with me himself growing up, you know? And I said, well, why are you doing it? He said, because I wanted that. And so when I had kids, I made sure that's what happened, that I would be in their life talking and you know, which he was. So in this situation, him being nine years old is new for him. Mm. And every other day after that, it's going to be new for him. Mm. And you being a father to a nine-year-old is new for you. Mm. And it's going to be new every single day after that as well. So you're going through it new, and he's going through it new in your own little world. Yeah. So maybe in all of that, I would say even reach out to your pops. Because your pops, when you were that age, it was you and your pops. So, like, reach out to them and say, listen, I'm, I'm going through a little bit of this with my kid. You know, like, how did you deal with that growing up with me? Or do you see some, some kind of similarities there? Because you're new as a father.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but my, my thing, when, you, when you're saying that, my, my, respon- my response don't like is, it. <laughs> I don't like it. my response is like, oh, he wouldn't know anyway. He did a shit job. Because that that stupid kid in my, when I know he didn't, like, I I praise him so much for, you know, what we went through. And I just had such a great life growing up. But the stupid kid in my head, that that stupid voice that, like, Kyler's saying to, like, my dad hates me, sucks, treats my shit like garbage. But, in fact, he knows that I really don't, you know. Like, I'm I'm sure deep down, if you gave him in retrospect and he had an insight about how his life was, and he would look back and be like, you know, my dad was a good guy. Like, he would look back and... Like I, look, I see that in my dad now, but growing up, I had so much animosity to him that my kid in me, that stupid, stubborn kid, didn't want to let go of that. Didn't want to retract that muscle and let it go. I held it clenched. So You like, still have that um, muscle. You, well, when you started saying, like, ask your dad. There yeah. was one time I recently did. Um, a couple months ago, I reached out to him because I was having a problem. Like, he would never listen to me. He kept on like, defying me and all that kind of stuff. He's just like, that's what he said. Give him reverse psychology. So when I was telling you the one time, I'm like, "All right, tonight I'm gonna listen to you." And it's just like I did the reverse psychology, and it actually worked. So it's just like when you were saying that the kid, like, that stupid kid, was just like, "Yeah, he's not gonna know." You know, he was this is the problem that I'm having. It's just like he's doing the same thing that you know. I'm looking back at my childhood. Why would he know how to fix it? He did the same thing. You know, we're doing the same thing. So he wouldn't know how to fix it. But then when you look at it, just like, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't have the insight of it now. Like, like, there's sometimes I want to say something. There's some things that like, I want to like I don't want to have to yell at him. I don't want to get quick and like immediately yell at him as soon as he does something. Like, if you were in my house and, dude, you spilled that water, no problem. Oh, let me help you clean that. up. Oh, dude, dude, let me get you. When I did it, dude, what the hell are you doing? Come on, man. Go clean it up. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a different way mm. that I look and treat him that I don't. Like, it, it, it's weird that sometimes I look at him like, I don't talk to my son like I love him. Wow. You know, and there's times when he's, he's doing something, like, he'll respond to me and I'll come that short almost. so if I was him, I would be seeing him like, in the ways that, like, in the way, in like these ways that were like, if if I was him, I'd be seeing myself as like, sometimes you're kind of a dick, you know? Like, you, you're yelling, you're short fused, you kind of don't listen to me, you, you don't let me talk. And those are the things he complains about. You don't let me talk and all that kind of stuff. But then I, a lot of it too it's like I'll shut him up at that point Like, but I'm the adult here so when you're going back to what I need to do it's really like yeah my main thing is I really need to look into my integrity with him doing what I say I'm going to do and saying what I'm going to do and do what I'm saying and say what I do like if I tell him I'm going to take him out and go do this do it I don't want to upset him. if I tell him he's punished he's punished if I tell him to take your phone away there's no Okay, play on it for five minutes while I'm doing something. No, it's my integrity is shot when it comes to that stuff. I let him get away with a lot of stuff. His mom does the same thing. We both talked about it. We can't do it. And we need to, we need to like really focus on just doing what we say and saying what we do. Start there so that he can start having, I guess, a pattern connection of, you know, your word is important. So when you say you're going to do something, to do it. So when we say something, he looks at us with respect. No negotiation. They tell you to go brush your teeth. Don't come back and say, can I watch five more minutes of TV? No, I just told you to go brush your teeth. Go brush your teeth. Stop negotiating with me and everything you do. Just go do it. You know, and, and that could come through, do this, but then he negotiates, I accept. Now he doesn't know which way to play. Do I negotiate with you? Can I get away with it or what? So I'm going to give an inch and take a mile. And sometimes I'm so lenient. You know, so it's also tough to do friend to father. Like, do I want to be his friend? I want to be his father? When do I change the two? Mm. Some people are so hardcore in saying, y- you are not his friend, you are his father. You got to do it just It's just like, as a kid, you only live your childhood once. What did you want growing up? What kind of father do you want? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh. Pick a fun friend. Yeah. Like, so, I'll, like, even now,
1: I'll call my dad, like, I don't call him dad, I'll call him Yaba. Yeah, but in, in Arabic, father. I called him dad one time, and he slapped me. like that. <laughs> um, that's a whole other story. But I called him the other day, like, what's up, dude? You know? And he's like, dude, what do you mean, dude? I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. And so I forget sometimes my language towards him. I forget he's, he's my friend or yeah. if he's my father. Yeah. I have to remember he's my dad. He's my father. He's not my friend. So I can't just talk to him how yeah. I talk to you or anybody else. So I get that and, and
0: my friend here and my father here, my friend, father, you know? So it, It's weird, too, because my dad now is like my friend. We'll talk, we'll chat, we talk like friends. We have such a much better relationship now than we ever had. You know, we restored that, obviously, in the last, like, you know, a couple of years and all that kind of stuff. But it's always been growing. And, um, you know, we get along, you know, very good compared to what it was in childhood. But it's like, it's still there. That's part of those demons that I'm running from. It's like, that demon still exists. It's like uh, what Goggin says. It's like, you have these cookies in a cookie jar. I was just yeah, listening yeah. to I that, know, bro. I, I love the cookie, cookie jar. So it's like, you pile these little things inside of you, these little memories. Well, in his, was like, they wore, like the, gold, the good things. You know, like, you pile the good things. Remember this achievement? You take a cookie out of the cookie jar. You know, that kind of stuff. But it's also, too, it's just like, I also keep the team de- like, those those bad things too. It's like keeping little snapshots of those when I need a little bit, when I need to push on something. Or I guess where I need to blame myself or I need to feel bad. I, I have those as like a preset for like hanging down. But now there's like no reason to is basically what I'm saying. Like so it's like it's even talks like that and covering that little stuff that now I can bring that out and kind of be complete with that and find and like get my way of getting that like kind of kinda of washed out of like a dark place in my life and kind of reset that rewrite the story type thing Mm. so it's it's tough being being a father man really is it's fun i love it but every day it's some kind of struggle you know and it's um it's not easy for any parent especially like single parents too trying to do it on their own single moms trying to get it all done like that's that's mom's job i think is the hardest job out there Um, oh yeah For sure, man. Shout out to all the single moms out there, man. I'm talking about. Cheers to
1: that. Cheers to that. Single moms. So, can we pause this thing to refill or no? You can just keep on going. I'll just keep on talking. You're fine.
0: Nah. I mean, I'm pretty good right now. I'm alright. I don't need. I'll be alright. I'll be alright. I got water here too. Hi there. I got water here too. I haven't touched it. All the ice melted. Um. Yeah, man. So, kid stuff, man, it's cool. It's cool to, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, actually, to go on this next chapter with, with Kyler. It, it, it's like, it's really cool the way that I'm looking at life. It's just like, okay, so what other area can I fix? It's like that whole thing that I heard the problems are now a new challenges type thing. Or problems are now, is that what it is? See, so your problems challenges. Challenges, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like another problem I'm having here. It's just like I get excited for it because as soon as I see the problem, I realize, all right, well, now let's reverse engineer that. Where's the fix here? And I love that process. My favorite process isn't the 5K race. My favorite process is preparing for that 5K race. And there's a really great bonus at the very end by finishing, get your medal and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like I love that growth period. Mm -hmm. I love going through the shit. I love feeling the pain. I love the struggle. I really do. When I know my target and I'm confident knowing that I'm just going to get to that target, it's so like now with fitness and where I'm going now. Where I now, I, I want to be. I wanted to like start this journey of being, you know, running all the time. And then and now I start to sign up for this new challenge, it's like a Murph. So it's like the first time I'm kind of doing it. So like now I get to. I get well, to work what's out the Murph about? Murph is like this exercise to do once a year in Memorial Day, where you run one mile, and then you come inside and do 300 air squats, 200 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, and then another mile. And then you're supposed to do it with a 50 pound vest on. But that's the way you're supposed to do it. You don't. You don't have to kind of stuff. But that's the way they want. Like, that's the way it's supposed to be
1: done. Well, if you're gonna do the Murph challenge, you should do it all the way.
0: Well, do the fifty So, so this is what. So this is the next thing I committed to. This, um, I set this goal like a, like a week ago. I said I was gonna do this, and now I have a month to do it. So now I'm in a different kind of training. This is now what I want to do is just get it with running. Is I had to run like a 5K, no big deal at all. But in my head, I made it a big deal because it was like a Spartan. So, in my head, I made it like a challenge. Okay, this is an everyday thing. I'm gonna run, it's just what I'm gonna do. I wanted to look at a mile like it's no big deal. A mile I can eat for breakfast. It really is. You tell me to go do a mile now, it's like no big deal. It's like a walk around the block. But I got to that way by doing it every day. So now it's just like, okay, now I have MRF. So, this is getting me excited because I wanna be fit. I wanna be, you know, I-, I wanna be working on my body. I've been wanting for a long time, but I've always plateaued. I am the example of the habits that I have. Like my body was just like, hey, eh. I was like not fit. I wasn't. I was skinny. I wasn't fat. You know, it was just like I was just like, hey, eh. you know, it was nothing impressive to really look at. But I wasn't ugly either. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but I was also the example of going to the gym every once in a while, not really working out that much, eating like shit. You know, not really caring or working on certain different body types that I should be, that I really want. Like, all that kind of stuff. That was my example. That was my body. So then I'm like, all right, so it's just a different kind of habit. So then I started going to the gym more. started working on different things, and I'm like, okay, so what else is needed here? So now I want to do the MRF. So attached to the MRF, knowing that I want to do that, I'm going to buy. Now i got to buy the weight vest. I'm going to train with the weight vest on. And then now it's like a cooking. Like, there's this other class that has a bunch of, like, um, meal plan thing where now I'm like eating healthy milk, like very little carbs I'm counting things out all this kind of stuff for the next month so for the next month it's eating with the challenge to gain the most muscle mass in your group and also to training for the murder so I picture what my life what I'm going to look like how I'm going to feel at the end of the month and then we're going to, and then me and Katie are going to Colorado you know and hiking a nice life you know. going to be nice so it's just like so that's my that's my gift it's like I'm going right until that time, and then the next day he's basically going to leave me out there. So then I can treat myself. Then I can earn myself like a nice meal and a nice like high, like a nice like uh, challenge, like climbing mountain. So it's just like now that gets exciting. It's a new thing I got to work on with Kyler now, with getting his, like his friends in line. Like that becomes fun to me because now I get to become a father that like is cool. It's like a father like, hey, you wanna come over to my house? You know, like I didn't want friends to come over to my house. But like him to feel that he's got, he's got a dad that cares about him, that he respects, that he listens to, that, that he knows has his back, that he feels like a part of something. With. So I'm excited for that too because what I'll become and where our relationship will go. So it goes hand in hand. I want this all for him and I want it for myself too because this has to work both ways. Because I think the karma in my life has to come full circle realizing that I can squash you. You're not, your past doesn't equal your future and it doesn't have to pass on your children either. You can fix that. That whole thing can be created. Mm. You can totally take something that you know completely shattered you and put you into a pattern and made you live a certain way, and you can stop that realizing what your mission is with your child, and you can realize together with your child because we both have our see, we both have our things. He needs to fix what he needs to fix. I need to fix what I need to fix. But together we need, we need each other in order to fix it. It's a very matched up path. You know, like think, I'm doing all these things on the other side. He's the complete opposite. That would have to be that polarity here so that we can work together to figure out, well, how do we get to the other end of the spectrum here? Mm-hmm. So, the common middle. So, it's fun. I, I enjoy that process of it. You're 25 now, and you're doing, like, the same type thing, We talk. And every single time we talk, I love the question that you put on of, like, well, how can I do better? Well, what can I do here? I want to be more. And you constantly have those,
1: and we have those conversations. You know what's funny? Um, I was going through my computer uh i think on the google drive and i saw a paper that i wrote in college when i was going to community college up at bc um broward community college and um sorry, that's great and um the, the paper that I wrote
0: was, in all honesty
1: it was a bull crap paper i wrote it just to complete the assignment but what i wrote within it was talking about how i always wanted to be better than I was the day before. In this paper, I wrote, I think, in 2013, maybe. And now it's 2019, six years later, and I'm still speaking the same things mm. of being better than I was the day before. Maybe it's not in a drastic change, but it's a small, minute step. I'm in competition with myself, not with anybody else. And I carry that over with work, too, because at work... I used to look at everybody everybody else and say, man, they're doing so much better than me. They're they're getting this and they're getting that. And I'd have this resentment in me towards those people. But I was like, hold on, Eli. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing to progress every day? So I stopped looking at everybody else and what they're doing. I just focused on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And is what I'm doing every day progressing me forward? Am I getting ahead my own ball that I need to get ahead and the great thing about it, the beautiful thing about it Chris, is that I love seeing this progress that I have within myself, Mm. especially at work like, prime example, cold calling I used to hate cold calling I'd hate it with a passion like I'd find every other excuse not to cold call now, I love it like 50 contacts, easy no problem I can hit out 50 contacts. And just the other day, I was, uh, my goal was 50 contacts. And I was at 20. And that voice came into my head. It's 4.30 p.m. I'm like, ah, just go home. It's been a long day. You're tired. Everybody else is kind of just leaving the office. And just go ahead and leave the office. And I'm like, no, I set 50. I'm going to do 50. So I got back on the phones and I was calling people. Turned the music on. Get a pot of coffee going. And I'm like, let me set the mood, you know. And then I'm at 45 contacts, and it's about 8 p.m. I'm at 45 contacts, and my voice comes back. It's like ah, 45, 50, no big deal, same thing, just make it up tomorrow. Extra five contacts. And it was just myself at this point in the office. And I made the decision to keep going. And I said, no, I got one more in me. And so I thought about it, I said, prospecting is a lot like running. When that voice tells you to stop, you got to say, no, I got one more in me Mm -hmm. and keep going Mm -hmm. like you do with running. So that was neat in itself, but I see the progress within myself and I encourage myself. That's that's the biggest thing for me because I used to be my biggest critic and every now and again, I'll beat myself up like, you're an idiot, you know, what are you doing? This and that. I'm very critical about myself. But what I've implemented a lot was encouraging myself, and that's made a tremendous, bro. Like, it sounds silly, but a tremendous difference in my life. So I'll give you a preview. If I'm coming home from work, and let's say a deal had fallen out, and I'm feeling bad, I'm like, you know what, Eli? Listen, you're doing a great job, dude. Like, I'm really proud of you, man. And I get these tingles in myself when I when I tell myself I'm doing a good job. Dude, you're doing awesome. You're doing amazing, bro. I'm so proud of you. Look at the progress that you're making. Like, dude... High five to you, bro. You're doing such a great job. And I'm telling myself this on my way home from work. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am doing a good job. You know, like the storm isn't here to last. It's here to pass. Mm. So encouraging myself has been huge in my life. And the progress that I'm making is awesome. Like maybe a few months ago, I was like, I really want a girlfriend kind of thing. But at this point, I don't want anybody tying me down. Like I'm letting loose. And years from now, however many years from now, I'm going to be a different person. So when, I'm, when I am that different person, I want the girl that I meet to be that different person. Mm-hmm. Like you told me a while ago, you said maybe, I think you put it in, in the context of opportunity, but maybe the opportunity you're waiting for is waiting for you to become the man you need mm-hmm. to become to receive the opportunity. Sound about perfect. That was right. <laughs> yeah. That was exactly what I said. Yeah. So, uh, that one stuck with me a lot. So, uh, this progress of evolution
0: of Elias, and, it's it's cool. Dude, it, it, there's no, there's really no question in my mind that there's magic and miracle in this life, dude. It literally, like, I can see it. I know. It's just like, it's weird, man. If you're tapped in, tuned in all that kind of stuff like it's weird how life shifts in a way to guide you where you gotta go and you listen to it like you've seen the right signs listening to the right voice learning all those things it takes going through inside your head it takes all that shit because then you have to decipher what voice do I, start, do I listen to on this navigation you know I gotta move forward it's like I have a bad GPS one of them's bad and it's not calibrated correctly and it wants to like throw me off course so, I gotta learn what voice that is and the, and, and the little triggers that I know. Like, you gotta start getting familiar and mapping out your mind in such a way that you are, like, you control that voice. You can listen to that voice, like, you dispatch that voice correctly. You line everything up.
1: I know who that voice is very well, and I find it that I like to push it to the limit a lot. Like, when that voice comes in to tell me to do something. Smallest eating ice cream late at night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can eat that ice cream. Well, it, get, it gets. I think it gets. It gets more. It gets more persuasive. Yes. The longer you go. You know what? It's like it's a car dealer. It's like all right. Listen, listen. How, okay, hold on. I don't want you to get. Let's not get you off the ice cream talk right now. How about we just do this? Go on the ice cream thing and just have two scoops. Just two scoops. That's all you need. And then, like they get so good. you like you know. You take the deal. You're like you know what? You know what, I'll take those two scoops, two scoops, you know, all right? And then you'll actually make yourself feel good and be like, listen, let's stop. I'm going to do what? One scoop. And then you make yourself feel like you just had a victory because you kind of stopped, the boys, but he got you. He got you. But then he really got me because after that one, once I
1: tasted that, I was like, oh, I can't just have one. Yeah. I need more than one. So then more. I just down the court. Yeah. That's or it. the point, whatever. That's a, that's, a danger, that's a dangerous hole to go in, man. It is. And I know it's, you once know. you feed it, once you give it a little bit of slack, yeah. you're in. Yeah. You're in every single yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And then the next day or hours later, I'm like, dude, why'd you do that, man? Uh, there's, you know always that. Did there's always that talk, that buyer's remorse. That, uh... What you sow is what you reap. Yeah. You know? So I'm reaping. The harvest that I'm reaping yeah. is regret. Yeah. yeah. Like, I shouldn't have done that.
0: Come on bro you're better than that you shouldn't have done that now I have these conversations with myself but then it's a sabotage because then you start to believe that you're someone that's not good enough to listen to the own voice in your head like you start to you start to have that battle every day where you're like eh, eh, I want shouldn't do it okay I'll do it but you know now you're not you're not living up you're not congruent with either what you say you are so you have to start because we don't want to be different than our own identity so then we start to actually lower our bar. And then thinking we're less than we are, and that's when that negative talk starts coming in. Just like, nah, I can't do that. Nah, why would I even try that? I fail every day at eating ice cream myself. It's just like that's that's negative self talk starts to become, you know, the DJ. He's the MC up there. Yeah. You know, he's throwing a party and he's bringing everybody along with it. He doesn't give a shit about the, you know, the trail and the mess that he leaves. He doesn't, because at the end of the day, you wake up with a good, you know. well, the Sometimes you you know get to the point where you're just waking back up with the bad the bad guy again, and he's just the main guy. He just takes He's the star of your. He's the star of your life. When in fact you should learn to be the hero in your own story. You know, uh, I,
1: you know. I was listening to uh, David Goggins and You Can't Hurt Me on mm. my way here, and one of the challenges is do something that makes you uncomfortable. So, what is something that would make you uncomfortable?
0: I can share you with mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sort start with that. Yeah. You so could segue into your own segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like the question though. I don't remember that one. Do you no, something that makes you uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I think it's chapter three or something. Okay, so tell me about it. What do you got? So something that makes me uncomfortable is saying no to people and being selfish with my time. That makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. So how are you going to do it? When opportunities arise, so like when people want to get on the phone with me, or saying no, i got things to do. Hey, I can't talk or say no to certain events. Now I'm feeling guilty about saying no. That makes me uncomfortable, because I want people to like me, right? Hmm. So... Well, it's not a matter of whether they like me or not. That is true there. But it's more or less, like, why why wouldn't you like me? Like, I'm a cool person. Mm. Like, it's being cool with everybody. Like, I just want to make sure everybody's cool. Like, are we cool? Yeah. We're cool. All right, we're cool. Let's go. You know? Got it. Let's continue. We're cool. But if there's a negative connotation in there, something, you don't like me, it's better to voice it out. And let's talk
0: about it. Yeah, because I think, but too I'm not a like, friend isn't it of weird, tension. Isn't it weird that I really think that, like, dude, if you really got to know me, I really think, like, you really like me. You know what I'm saying? It's so true. <laughs> you know, like, that. I really think, like, I'm a, I'm a good person. And I think everybody thinks that of themselves, I would think. You know what I'm Do you think that, too? Like, is everybody thinking themselves, like, I'm a really cool person? Or there's, well, there's probably a lot of people saying I'm a piece of shit. I don't you know. I'm sure. But I really think I'm a cool person. I really think like I'm uh, good to hang out with. I got good energy. I can bring stuff to the table. You know, I'm funny. I'm light. I can open up conversation. Uh, I can listen well. I can give
1: advice. I like to include people.
0: I love to get people together.
1: Yeah. And I don't like to make anybody feel like they're an outcast. Or mm. I don't like to see the underdog. Being attacked. I like to bring the underdog in. Yeah, me too. And like make him feel included. That's my thing. I'm huge. Hmm,
0: I like that. Whatever they call it. I'm a huge person for that. I like to be able to... I like to help people that have like social anxiety. So, true. Something that I love doing is going to networking events. And finding the people that you know are the most uncomfortable... And finding a way to get them to be comfortable. Like, I, I love to stand at the door, be the first person that they see. So immediately when they see me, I'll introduce myself, you know, and I'll say, I'll give them some, name, hey, we got some tickets, it's cool, go check it out, blah, blah, blah. I don't know nothing about it, but I'm acting like I'm important because I'm front door. Who's sitting at the front door right now? <laughs> Who's this So important. The, the loser is going I'm gonna, the back. I'm going to take you. You know what I'm saying? So you take it to the first one, you be the first person to introduce somebody. Hi, how you doing? I'm Elias. Welcome. I don't know what this is, you know, and just just like, ah, but there's drinks over there and all this kind of stuff. I just mapped it out. Bathrooms over there, just in case you want to know. So you just know two things, okay? So the first person, now they feel comfortable because they already know somebody, and right off the bat, you just sit there and just you be friendly, and, you do, and then you'll be you, you cure people of their insecurities. Yeah, I think I like that. I do like that a lot. Actually. I like that about. I like that factor. That's fun for me. I like
1: doing that. I like being talkative, but I also like to be interested, rather interesting. Sometimes I don't, okay, so I live in my world, right? You live in your world. We all have our own world we're living into. So what's easy for me, like talking to people, is being social
0: too. just, Just talk. Like, what's the big deal? So, you go mm-hmm. up to anybody, you'll say hi. Do you have any yeah. problem saying that? Do you have any problem introducing yourself to anyone random anywhere? No. Okay. Uh, there is sometimes where I'm in a big gathering,
1: and first, observement you know, has to observe the situation prior to intersecting in. Like, let me observe everything. Okay, this is what's going on. Now, intersect. Sometimes I can feel like an outcast in a big mm-hmm. group when everybody's having their own little small groups together. Um,. But there's that voice in my head like, ah, oh, you know, like, you don't really know anybody here. And then I'm, that's when I have to initiate conversation. So not all the time am I this friendly, outgoing person, but I have to generate myself to initiate conversation. Hey, my name's Elias. What's your name? Nobody does that. And who's the guy that introduces himself? Obviously, he's important. Mm. My name's Elias. What's your name? Mm. And then you get interested instead of interesting. Mm. and You have them talk about themselves. Boom. Just gain a friend.
0: then you leave and you go do it again. You make you. I think you you hit right there. The purpose of why I do what I do is because I'm just like you. A big Adams, one to one, I'm fine. I'm only you. You will only know I'm completely fine when I know I'm accepted by at least one person in the other group. Hmm. So my thing is that the more people I'm accepted, I'm 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 accepted by in the group that I know I have accepted by. I is the more amped up and 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 better the experience. The more I come out, you know, more more I'll be, a, you know, a lot. So my goal into having people come in, knowing mm. that my insecurities being like find a lot of places. I don't know what to do either. I'm like checking phones. I'm like checking my phone. I'm like oh, I got a call. Like fake a call. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, No, I'm at this event. Yeah. Hey, listen. And it man. rings. Oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. You know. <laughs> I've been I've been guilty of it, so it's just like okay, so I do that for that. I, I do that when I see
1: people want to talk to me, and then I'll throw the fake phone on, so that way they don't talk to me. Okay, that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. Oh, they're coming. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can, and you just.
1: But I find myself like in a group setting. If I'm alone, yeah, it's harder for me to initiate conversation because now it's me against everybody else. But if I'm with my friend, now wow. I get to entertain that person. Let me show you how sociable I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you know you push yourself more to look to look good. To look good. So that you'll... To look important. To yeah. look like the man of the hour. So you use your superpower to get what you want. You, so you put yourself into, because that's your, that's your car. That's really vulnerable. Nobody knows that about me in social settings. And I just said that on this podcast, and I'm regretting it. <laughs> We're on to you now. All that bullshit that you're so fucking loud. Who's a loud guy? <laughs> but, no, that's, that's, a, that's a real thing, though. Because being in, I get the same thing, man. That, thing, that makes me uncomfortable, too. It makes me very uncomfortable to be in, in a setting where I don't know people, and I'm not, and I'm not accepted. So that's why my card, my thing is that my mission is to make people like me. So I become something that's very mold, moldable. It's like uh, I become something that's not. It's I'm not intimidating because I'm not very manly. You know what I'm saying? I kind of got more of a feminine side to me. Me too. So I'm very inviting and warm to You know, to talk to. So you want to talk to me? I have a smile. You know, I can present myself in such a way that I know that I know we will connect because yeah, I feel I'm very like generic to connect with. I got. Many, like, my Wi-Fi doesn't have, a you know, as a broad, you know, and, and free access. It's, like, very, it's easy to connect with it. I believe I am that way because I, because I made a mission to more understand more people now. And I want to be great at doing that even more so authentically. So by having deeper conversations like we're having right now or by getting, you know, getting around more people and, have, and being present with people and listening and learning all that stuff and reading new books so I can tap into how do I listen and focus and do all that more. You know, to everything, to learning what sleep does for you, as far as, you know, rewiring your brain so that you can better understand things and cognitively hear things and absorb information, remember names, and all this kind of stuff, like all the benefits of that. does. So, all I'm doing is I'm piecing together things that I know are going to help me become this, I don't know, superhuman that I want to become. Speaking of which, posture. I find myself Ooh. slouching a lot. You up. do that, when you cracking your back a lot while you're doing it. Every time you go back, I hear a crack. Oh, uh, I, I didn't know. This I was like crack it's, powerful. It. And it's
1: I didn't hear it, but when I find myself slouching, I'm like, you're not presenting yourself well. Stand up, Eli. And so I have this conversation with myself. Stand up. <laughs> or, or, or sit up. So when I sit up, I'm more of a presence, but I
0: want to get in a habit where I'm not slouching anymore. So, so what do you need to do for that? So if I was you, the way my mind thinks is I would buy those straps that make you present up. I saw that on TV. Boom. It's worth the money because you just said that you want to do that. So if you want to make sure that you get that done, you have a goal now, what you said you want to do. Now, what's the best way and the fastest way and most effective way that you can get there? You can either sit, keep reminding yourself like, oh, like, why don't you, oh, you're slouching. Go back now. Now you hold it for five seconds, get distracted, you go back. Why don't you get the tool that's going to present you in such a way? While you're at work, you can put it right under your jacket. You wear a jacket all the time; no one's even know you have it. And it forces your posture to be that way. So now that you re you re you re kind of like assemble the way that your ligaments and tendons are, so that you present yourself way that naturally—that's the way that you sit. So I always saw that, and I was like, I wouldn't get that skedded thing. Well, we would, we must watch the same infomercials then. I know <laughs> what you were talking about That's a Shark Tank thing, actually. <laughs> we can oh, find is it, it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I got okay. the episode on that DVR. Um, but for sure, man, that's that's the best way you going to do it. So it's just like, okay, now what else can I do? I want to learn how to like read more b- or to whatever, read more books. Okay, well, what's the fastest way that I want to read X amount of books? Speed reading. Okay, then it's worth $7 to make sure that I get to my goal. I'm going to learn how to speed read. So I'm going to give myself a one-month whatever. I'm going to pay for it for one month, and I'm going to speed read every day. And then after you do that you do it, now you can read about the books. Boom. New goal. Now ah, you're a speed reader. Speed reading. I like that I
1: because it's I'm jaded. I notice when i take notes i take a lot of detailed notes but when i'm reviewing it when i'm looking at stuff with a bunch of words yeah. what the f just give me what the point is what's the point you know i don't want to read all this unless it's important information like when i'm looking up things on google for example yeah. whatever i'm looking up there will be normally an article an introduction and then there will be those bulletin points I skip the introduction, I skip the article, I go straight to the bulletin points. I want to know straight what I'm getting myself into. So when you mention speed reading, I find myself that I don't want to read because it's like burdensome. It takes a lot of effort. But now speed reading might be a possible way for me to not skip the details and just speed right through it. Sure. But let me also help you out with something you
0: really like. you ready for this? I'm ready. Pick up your pencil. This that I have right in front of you. It's a bullet journal. A bullet journal. Yeah, you're damn right it's a bullet journal. It's a journal that's designed for you to bullet shit. And you can write shit down, look at the month, look. And then you can also put the month down, put the date that you're doing it. You can give it a little title, party prep, outside do this, clean up da 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 da. And it's designed for you to just take bullets, man. That's the way to do it, it's highly effective. Don't waste your um, time writing fucking words. You got you got you got thoughts to put on paper you've got time to write down full words dude have you heard of the rocket journal no the rocket journal somebody told me about it I have yet to get it you did write down this this bullet journal I did awesome just um, making sure you didn't skip
1: it no the rocket journal though it's a reusable paper and a pen you write on it after you're done reading you just send it to your cloud and you erase it now it's on your cloud no so there's only stop. four or five
0: stop what happens when the cloud goes away? Someone attacks the cloud. Where are your notes? Somebody attacks the cloud. It's always
1: either on your cloud or in your phone. Or it's is like it? It's interconnected. Someone EMPs this
0: bitch and everything doesn't work. Where are your notes? Okay. It My notes like are right idea. here. My notes are right here. Stop being so technical. I'm just saying, we don't write shit down. Write shit down is fun. And they keep fun. it there, and they keep your journal, so you can like. I have seven journals, so you can look at this thing every time I say, like, for example, you're never gonna go in your I'm document a... and open Word up and fucking read through your notes one day. It doesn't happen. That's you're gonna true. pick up this this you got fucking a solid book. Point there. You're gonna pick up this book one day, flip through the fucking pages. Who's fucking old Eli? Oh, let's see what his what his to do list look like. Oh, look, you made a fucking maze. Like, what are you doing here? You need some real fucking paper. So stop with this tech shit. I'm not going to let you do it. All right. Well, on that note, I think we could close out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yell that. So this is the way you're going to start making notes now, sucker. So, yeah. Um, no, this was fun, man. I, this was cool. This we was kind was of cool. just jumped from topic to topic,
1: talked a little bit about your son, talked yeah. about Goggins and your running and the voice in our heads. I mean, we had a pretty good runaround. Yeah.
0: That. No, I liked it. No, I for sure think so, man. Thank this you for coming to
1: my TED Talk.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I appreciate you having me,
1: man.